good morning. Welcome to your morning devotional show, Get Up With God. You're on live with Dylan Maverick. Great to be with you this morning. Today, we're going to be discussing what you need is not what you get. You get what you deserve. And we're going to talk about what a deserving person looks like according to the Bible. But that's our discussion this morning. Not what you need. It's not the things that you need that's what you get. It's the things that you deserve. Whatever you've placed your life into a deserving state, those are the things that you'll begin to receive in your life. And so just because something is a desperate need doesn't mean that that's the things that will come to you. And we're going to talk about that this morning. I've got some scriptures to go through with you. So grab a Bible, maybe grab a notepad, take some notes this morning. This will be a great devotional for you to look back on in your life when things are not going wrong, but when you need some uh, a boost to go the right direction in your life, this will be a great devotional for you to look back on. Be sure to like this post, hit the share button, tell someone about the post later, and you can do that by sharing it on your Facebook or on your Instagram, on your Twitter, wherever you post. So let's get into this point number one today. Point number one is you don't get what you need, you get, you get what you deserve And what is a deserving person? We're going to discuss what that looks like. If you'll turn in your Bible to Galatians, the third chapter, we can look at what a deserving person is. Galatians, the third chapter, as well as if you'll turn into Hebrews, the 10th chapter. I want to go to Hebrews 10 first, and then we'll look back on Galatians chapter three. What is a deserving person? Uh, There is a form. It is a form of earning something that you should have or that you desire to have. So many people think that because they need it, that it's going to manifest itself in your life. You know, there's a desperate need for something. So it's just going to automatically happen because you're a believer, because you're who you are or because God is who he is. I think a lot of people have that perception as well, is that if God is a good God, good things are going to happen to me. Well, the, the, the former part of that is true. God is a good God, but just because God's a good God doesn't mean that that's just going to happen to you because you exist. So I want to look at that and examine that a little bit, but what is a deserving person? There's a form of earning that needs to be done and you need to put the right steps in place in your life. There has to be some right motives, some right actions that need to be taken place in your life. So Hebrews chapter 10, let's go to verse 36. We'll start in 35. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward for you have need of endurance so that you, after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Notice how it says after you've done the will of God there. Like I, I told you before, people have this perception that if God's such a good God, then why do bad things happen? If God is good and he is who he is, why do bad things happen on earth? Well, it's not because of God that bad things happen on earth. And it is because of God that good things happen on earth. But there is something that instigates both of those actions. So you got to understand one thing too about life is that across the board, the earth is cursed and bad things And I'm using that as a very generic general phrase, but bad things happen on this earth. Bad things are going to happen on this earth. And the reality of it is just doing nothing. You become a recipient of whatever this earth's form is, which is cursed. So doing nothing, 
you automatically just stay in the form of a cursed life on planet Earth that produces what a cursed world would produce. But if you want to tap out of that, if you want to get out of that world and get into the world of blessing and being a part of it, uh, being part of God's good things that he has for his children, we have to fall within the confines or we have to fall within the guidelines, or you could say it for lack of a better term, you can receive, be a recipient of the blessing of God, but there's action that needs to be taken, not to, des- not to deserve the blessing, but to be a deserving person of the blessing. You can't do anything to to gain the blessing of God. That's from God. But you can earn that blessing, and we see that here, that you become a recipient of the promise from God after you have done the will of God. So it's not God's promise to you because uh, you're just so special, but you earn the will of God through your acting in obedience to the will of God. There's a promise there for you. So let's turn back now, go to back to Galatians, all the way back now, after 2 Corinthians. Let's see. Galatians 3, and let's go to 14. It says that, that the blessing of Abraham, that the blessing, go ahead and say that. You need to hear that word blessing in your life. The blessing. You should be empowered with the blessing. You should be encouraged that there's a blessing to come upon your life. And it's not because uh, the blessing is from our heavenly father and that blessing. So, so many people say there's nothing you can do to earn the blessing of God. That's not what God said. He said, you have to do the will of God to be a participant, a recipient, a receiver of the promise. You can't just walk into the promise because you exist. You're not special. You're not some individual that's got their own section of the Bible that you live within and everybody else has to stay with. No, there's a promise from God that's available to everyone that will believe. And who are the believers? Those that do the will of God proves your belief. He says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we may receive the promise of the spirit through faith. So point number two now. Point number two, as we get into this, is there is a a needing is not a leading. A needing is not a leading. So because you need it doesn't mean that it's it's something that's going to be, you know, given to you. Needs are met by faith. Just because you need something doesn't mean that you'll get it. Just because it's a need doesn't mean it's going to be it's there's going to be something met about that need. No, there has to be something mixed with that. So if we continue to point number three, corresponding actions mixed with faith is what answers or fills needs. Corresponding actions mixed with faith is what meets needs in your and my life. Go ahead and let that sink in for a second. There has to be. So there's a need that's present. And the Bible says that our God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. That doesn't mean there's nothing that needs to be done on your behalf to be a recipient of all of God's greatness and glory. That's just the level. That's the meter in which he's going to meet your and my need. That's the, that's the, the, the level in which he can meet our needs according to his riches and glory. But that doesn't mean that just because you possess a need, you have a child that's sick. You need a job. There's financial need in your life. 
There's, uh, you, you need help in a, in a relationship. Just because that need is present doesn't mean that just because it exists, God's going to come to the rescue of that particular thing. No, it's not. Well, that I thought God is a good, gracious God. If you can't realize that God is good and gracious after the simple fact that you just, all he's asking for is that you believe in him, believe that he can and will do it, then there's really a problem with the way you think about God because he doesn't respond to anything but faith. The fact that there's a need doesn't cause him to move and answer the need. The fact that there's faith causes him to move and and meet that request of the need. There has to be faith and corresponding action to it. Turn into uh, uh, James 2 first. Turn into James chapter 2, and then we're going to go over to the book of Joshua. James 2. We'll start in uh, probably verse 17. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God and you do well. But do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his own son on the altar? Do, so, so Abraham, even here in this example, Abraham knew that God existed, but to God, that was not enough. He had to prove that he believed God through action. Well, I just don't believe God would do that, Dylan. Where are you getting these ideas then? Where do you come up with that? Is it from what people have preached in the past? God would never make us be deserving of his things. Well, I get that's a cute phrase and it's a good uh, talking point to preach on to motivate people. And I'm all about motivating. I love to be motivated. I love to motivate. But I, I can't separate motivation from what the Bible says. And God believed that Abraham believed in him, but he made him take action to prove his belief in God. So there has to be a deserving factor mixed into this that says, I believe, I trust God, but now there's action, there's corresponding action that I'm going to take to prove to God that I believe what he's told me is true. So now Abraham goes to the mountain. Do you see that faith working together with works and by works, faith is made perfect? Again, let me read that. Do you see that faith working together with his works, Abraham's works, with his works, and by the works of faith was made perfect? So he mixed the inner belief with action, and that made perfect what faith should be. Or you could say it like this. It brought his faith to a mature state that it should be in. Turn to Joshua chapter 6. Quickly, because we I don't want to run out of time. Joshua chapter 6. Judges going backwards, Joshua. Joshua chapter 6. Verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See that I have given you Jericho into your hand. And that was it. 
and Joshua, the people of Israel, they possessed Jericho. No. No, we know the story. You know the story from when you were a kid. There was action that was required of them to possess what was promised to them. Is healing promised to you? Yeah, healing is promised to you. Is financial deliverance and financial prosperity promised to you? It is. Is peace of mind and a secure, confident state within your life promised to you? It is. Is heaven promised to you? It is. But there's a corresponding action of faith that causes us to have to believe God to be a recipient, to actually possess those things. Healing is for me, but to have healing, I have to believe and take action that God is a healer. And my faith has to be made perfect in these things. So now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in, none came out. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. So Jericho belonged to them. But in order to have it and to possess it, they had to take these next eight steps that God commanded of them to do. He said, you shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city at once. Uh, this you shall do six days, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets rams, uh, of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout, shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. So there is eight commands directed from God to Joshua, to the people of Israel, to do these specific things, to possess this specific thing. There was action. They weren't deserving of Jericho. It belonged to them. It was theirs. He, God promised it to them, but they weren't deserving of it just because God promised to them. They were deserving of it. They earned it by what they did. They took action. Now they were an earner. They were a deserver of the promise. Just because they were promised it, it didn't mean it was granted to them. They had to possess it. They had to go and take the act. Now, if God said, sit still and watch me for seven days, just sit still and look to the sky for seven days, that would have earned it. It's not that there's certain levels of action you have to do. It's obedience. It takes an obedient person. Let's go to step number four or point number four. Point number four, you become deserving when you have faith in God. You become deserving when you have faith in God. Your ability to trust and believe God takes actions. God wants to see action. Not that you just say that you believe, but that you actually do what you say you believe, which is taking corresponding action in believing God. And if there was a need, uh, turn into Matthew chapter eight. If a need met was met with God's answer just because there was a need there would have never been these examples like we're about to share with you in Matthew chapter 8 where Jesus encountered people that were not healed just because there was a a need why didn't God meet the need if it was just there because someone needed something and God's such a good God why didn't the need get met right at that moment well it's not because God's not a good God it's because God responds to faith. So Matthew 8, uh, verse 5. 
Now there was a now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, "Lord, my servant is laying home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented." So there's a need that this man has. Why didn't the Jesus existed? He was here on the earth. In fact, Jesus never even goes and sees the servant. So why wasn't the servant healed if God is so good and Jesus had the ability to heal? Because a need doesn't present the power doesn't create the power or, or possess the power to fix the need. The need itself doesn't do anything. So the fact that you need something in your life doesn't mean that God's just going to come to your rescue because he's a good God. The definition of God being a good God mean he, means he has the ability and the willingness to fix the need and supply the need, but it's going to take you having faith and confidence that he will do it for you. So now once that's engaged, now God engages. So uh, the centurion man came pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant's laying home dreadfully paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. My servant will be healed for I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes, another one come and he comes Just say to my servant, do this. And he does it. And Jesus heard and marvel and said, surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith in Israel. So now Faith is engaged, and he said, and I say to you that many will come, blah, 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 not blah, 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 but many come from all these different places, and there won't be such great as what we see. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. So the same ability was there, but it took the centurion engaging with faith with Jesus. I'm engaging with this faith. Nothing changed. Jesus didn't even come to see the man. He just literally said, because of your faith, this your man, this, he's going to be healed. Not because he had a need and I can supply the need, but because you had faith and believed that he could, he could be healed and believed in the word that I have for him. Point number five, build your deserving status. Build your deserving status. How do you do that? You need to begin, begin to create a lifestyle of having confidence in God. The Bible says that God rewards those who trust and believe with that trust and believe that he is a rewarder and those that diligently seek him will be recipients of those rewards. Not because you are a Christian. When you have faith and you are a, you a you believe that he is a rewarder, you'll be a recipient of those rewards. So how do you build a life of these things? You begin to study and meditate on what God has done, things that he's promised to those that do believe. You become persuaded by these things. You start to persuade yourself. And here's a tip for how to become persuaded. You put yourself around something often. You listen to it often. You talk about it often. When those things happen frequently in your life, you'll begin to be persuaded about this thing. When you begin to put yourself involved in these things, when you're in church on a weekly basis, when you listen to podcasts in your ears throughout the day, in your car, your car is your greatest place of education that you can be in. As you drive to and from a place, so many people, they listen to music on the whole ride and they don't really get anything. I'm not saying music is a bad thing, I'm just using as as an example that your vehicle can be a mode of educating and 
enhancing and building your confidence in God and persuading yourself on what he said you can do. So you need to create a lifestyle of these particular particular beliefs. Point number six, sow seeds of trust and reap a harvest of confidence. Sow seeds of trust and you will reap a harvest of confidence. See, he said, you have need of, pa-, it says in the Bible, you have need of patience so that when your faith has matured and developed, you can be a receiver of the rewards and promises that God's made to us. You're, but you have need of patience because your confidence needs to be established within this thing. That's what that, the only thing that separates the timeline of patience that separates you from the thing that God has for you is your readiness for it. There's no reason why you can't be in the greatest state that you can be in, but it's going to take development. It's going to take confidence in God, continual trust in him, and you've got to build confidence in God. Turn to Hebrews 11 really quick. You've got to build a state of confidence and persuasion in who your God is and begin to sow seeds like 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 you're planting a farm. And you you sow the or you're planting a a uh yeah, like on a farm you're planting a crop. And you continually plant, continually plant, and eventually you'll receive a harvest from the things that you plant. You're planting these seeds of trust. I trust God. I'm not going to blame him when things go wrong. When something happens in somebody else's life, I'm not going to blame God and point my finger that maybe God is, uh, he's not a good God. Maybe he's, no, he is a good God and he's a fair God and he's a good judge to us, but he's a faithful God and father to us that takes care of us. And when you sow seeds of this confidence or the, you sow seeds of trust into God, you build confidence in who God is. So Hebrews 11, one says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtained a good testimony, and by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. So we have the substance of things hoped for and the evidence or the confidence of things. We have a confidence in God, another translation says, that he will do what he said he would do for us. So reap a harvest of confidence by sowing seeds of trust and being persuaded by what God has said and what he has done for you. Hope this helped you this morning. This was Get Up With God, 6.6 a.m. You you don't get what you need. You get what you deserve. So I hope this blessed you. Share this with somebody. I'll see you on the next broadcast bright and early. Love you. Talk to you soon.